Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well tonight. We are going to be covering a double jornada in Guardianes 2021. We have some stuff to follow up with the Piojo vs. Geo debates. Uh, Funes Mori got jacked. And there is just a lot, a lot of stuff we're going to cover tonight. But before I go any further, let's welcome everyone <coughs> to Cantina MX Football Podcast. Well, and Beto, how are we doing tonight? What's up, Jaime? Well, doing good. Greetings, gentlemen. Doing good as well. Yes. It feels like it's been forever since our last episode, but it's it's really only been like about a week. And a lot has happened in that week. You know, we ended uh, last episode talking about, you know, uh, Team Geo versus Team Piojo and... I don't think uh, Piojo <laughs> expected it to blow up the way it did, and he uh, went publicly on his YouTube channel saying that he, uh, you know, he redacted his his comments over over Geo, and you know he he's a he's a professional player. He, he's grateful to have him, and he's a you know very important player. Um, what do you guys think about all that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to. He want, I mean, he sort of said it from the beginning, but he sort of let loose his tongue a little bit with the insults. And uh, but I think he uh, he doesn't want to burn a bridge there. He's still, wait, what, what, what insults? Well, saying that he's like um, injury prone, and once he gets like a little a little bit hurt, he says, "Oh, oh I want out." What I didn't it, see it, it as an insult. It was offensive, though. I mean, Geo didn't. Took it, he, took it that way as well. He definitely threw him under the bus. Yeah. So he, I mean, he, but he did it intentionally. I mean, he, he still, I mean, he still likes Gio. He wanted him on the team. He still thinks he's like a great player, but he did want to sort of like get that jab at him a little bit. And then right now he's just saying, okay, I, I didn't mean to say it that way or whatever, because he didn't really want to like become enemies with him. He just wanted to say, hey, the dude's, the dude cries too much because he gets injured all the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's Piojo man running his mouth and then comes back to regret it a little bit. Yeah, I think he underestimated how you know the the public would respond to it again. And this was this is like an old interview. You know, it was, it was over a year old. It got resurfaced, and you know. I don't know. I just feel like he realized, oh shit, you know, maybe I I shouldn't have threw Gio under the bus, and who knows, they might work together again in the future. So I'm sure that he wants to keep the the relationship somewhat salvage, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we had a lot of football in a short amount of time. Uh, match week nine happened on Tuesday, and Atlas, man, Atlas beat Atletico San Luis. Kind of a shocking uh, result there. They won three one. You know, San Luis were uh, in good form, and uh, I have a little bit to 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 shed some light about Atlas because not only did they win against uh, San Luis, but they also beat Juarez uh, on Saturday, and they're in a position 
uh, of playoffs. Right now they're in seventh position. But there is something very interesting. I don't know if you guys know this, but there are consequences for being the shittiest team in the league. And Atlas will not be able to participate if they continue this trajectory. If they end up in a 1-12 through 12 position, they are not allowed to participate in Liga due to the fact that they are the worst team in the league uh, percentage-wise. Oh, snap. <laughs> really? That's, so they finish 12? Where, where would they have to finish? No, no, no. They It doesn't matter where they finish. Uh, because they were the worst team in the last four seasons, they have uh, given up their right oh. to playoffs. Yeah. So this season they can't qualify no matter what. Yeah, because you know if it wasn't for this new you know setup, uh, Atlas would have been relegated. You know they would have been sent to this you know ascenso. So because they can't do that, they do get penalized as far as a fee. They have to pay a fee for for being the worst team in the league, and then they also aren't allowed to go to Liguilla. That's messed up. So Atlas could go on a tear right now when the rest of their games end up in first place. And they will have to give up their spot to the thirteenth team, thirteenth uh, placed team. <laughs> that's, that's messed up. For, that's messed up Damn. for the thirteenth place team, also. <laughs> so, well, I mean, Atlas is cruising on three points that were gifted to them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the f- and those those are affecting some of the teams like Chivas right now. That's actually something I had totally forgotten about. You know, Atlas are, again, 7th position, 15 points. If you take away the the actual match that happened between them and America. Yeah, they had lost. They yeah. had lost, uh, which would have put them at 12 points, which would be right there with Chivas as far as, uh, as points go. And the minus 2 because they lost 2-0. That's right. So on goal differential, yeah. And America right now would be in first place. They're in a 7-game seven, seven unbeaten streak. We need, to, we need to make that. Atlas? Atlas is, right? Yeah, we need to make a picture that says "Como se siente perder." <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn, but Chivas are also unbeaten in the last uh, eight, well, they, eight, yeah. eight matches. You know, or sorry, yeah, and again, and again, it goes into that game where they did lose. Yeah, and, it does. Uh, so technically, they're not on a seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was interesting because uh, I didn't know that, you know, and they had talked about it on the broadcast that, hey, you know, like, you know, don't get all excited about Atlas because they, they aren't going to be able to participate in Ligia. Um, so I, I'm just glad that there are some repercussions, uh, even if there is no relegation anymore, that yeah. there are consequences to to your actions and, you know, you don't want to be the, the worst team in the league. Yeah, and uh, I guess it makes sense with the no relegation. But damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know if I agree with it. <laughs> it's safe to say that I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, Chivas will make playoffs. <laughs> that would be funny if it's at Allah's expense. It could be. It very well <laughs> could be. 13th and they go in. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Chivas. Um, I kind of want to go over some more results, though. Actually, uh, let's talk about something that's pretty pressing. Uh, Funes Mori was robbed at his house. 
I guess he uh, he had somebody go to their house, held them in their dining room, their entire family in their dining room, and they ransacked the entire like house. They made him go and enter the code uh, to his safe. They took his Rolex watches, his jewelry, all his personal items. Damn. And uh, this just so happens. This just so happens to be. Around the time that you know he's getting his papers, he's he's going to be eligible to be capped for the Mexican national team, and there was talks about him, you know, potentially being capped um, by Tata Martino. So I don't know if this is kind of just like, you know, I don't know if the, if there's any relation between these two events happening, but you know, the fact that he got robbed, man, at his own home. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, fortunately, nothing happened to him or his family. So that's a good, you know, that's a plus. Damn, yeah. what a welcome. What a welcome to the country. I know, right? So, oh, yes, Mexicano. All right, we can go after him now. <laughs> you seen the meme? It's like Mexico's not just known for this. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're known for the, like the, the beaches, the food, but then also yeah. robbery. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is it about Monterrey? Is that like a? I mean, I know there's a lot of work there, you know, because of the the steel factories and stuff. But uh, you know that it's that to be one of the, the more safest, you know. And that all that also has to be ha- happens to be the same place where you know uh, Pulido got kidnapped and stuff. So, son about Nuevo León, man. I don't know. Yeah, but Pulido Pulido's kidnapping was so vicious, and then the fact that he didn't want to go and talk about it. His brother went to do a a recreation. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, I never believed it. Oh, it happens everywhere, though. It happens. It's not Monterrey. It's not specifically Monterrey. It happens everywhere in Mexico. Even no, but guy. Monterrey. Monterrey is one of the safest, and then they have neighborhoods that are, you know, like. like yeah, they're very nice. It's a very rich very, city. Yeah. So, I, I feel it could have been someone that knew him. You know, maybe um, not that close, but but knew him well enough to know. And it happens every now and then. Like there was that guy he used to play for. I forget his name. Liga Mex. He's an uh, he's an analyst now uh, for Tudene. I think it's Tudene. He got robbed in Mexico City. Um, he's. I think he's from Argentina or South America somewhere. I, I can't remember that dude's name. Is it Paco Villa or no? No, it's. Uh, is it uh, the the Spanish guy? Este, ¿cómo se llama? Yeah, I think it's the Spanish dude, este right? El Barbón. ¿Cómo se llama? Uh, I forgot his name. I know who you're talking about, though. He used to play for Leones Negros, and he went to Cruzul. I think so. Yeah. Mark uh, Mar- Crosas. Crosas, yeah. Yeah, he got he got assaulted in Mexico City. Everyone gets assaulted there, man. Uh, Peralta, too. I think that was the reason why he went to Chivas. He was being threatened. So he, he Wait, Oribe? Yeah. Peralta, yeah. No, but he he left he left because um they he wasn't going to be a starter no more. And so he he wanted to be he wanted to get more playing time. And they had already told him like you're just going to be like bench. He had been carrying that injury. No, but uh he uh he got a uh, threatened like very shortly like uh he said that 
His controversial move to Chivas uh, was because was partially caused by a kidnapping threat towards his family. So, oh, that was something different because I looked at a uh, he was assaulted. There was uh, yeah he was robbed in uh, while well, he was with the national team in Coahuila, in Torreon. Huh. That must that was I guess that was a different situation. I I do vaguely remember the uh, yeah like the kidnapping threat. Yeah, it's it's happened, and that, I think that's a reason why. I think in the future, Liga MX uh, will start losing players to MLS. Uh, you know, when it, they'll compete for talent, and and these type of things, you know, it will hurt when it's time to make a decision of where to play. I'm sure it it factors in, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Especially if you have a family, you know, if single dude, I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but you don't. Okay, look, like look at the difference though, of uh, of like, because Mexico has something I think the U.S. doesn't, and like the culture, the language, um, just the way people treat each other. Because you look at Gignac, and just the way he loves Mexico, just the way he talks and speaks Spanish, and he learns all like the bad words. And, oh yeah, he uh, embraced yeah. it. He embraced the whole. He embraces it. Like, do you see Pulido embracing like uh, Kansas well, City? I mean, like, is he saying? Is he posting stuff of like? What is Kansas it? City what barbecue? is there to embrace there, man? <laughs> yeah, all, all he's embracing is like the riches around him. He's, is he have, supposed to put nothing. on uh, Dorothy's red shoes and clap his heels? Like, I don't, I don't know what Kansas is. Yeah, what if, <laughs> yeah, you you would never know what city he was in. I mean, he, sure, he had the. I think he had the uh, Kansas. He went to the Super Bowl with the jersey, right? Oh, in, that's uh, right. He went the to Chiefs. the. He went to like the. Um, yeah, yeah. But you don't have yeah, that type of I connection mean, with the with the U.S. Um, so people no, that are like passionate in Mexico, they turn into like geniacs. People that are just out for like material, you know, short-term wealth and stuff, and no, well, I know, I know the, the the football culture is not not there yet, but I mean, players even that's this, not that's not going to be first on their list. Even beside the football culture, the the like connection to any like the country's culture, the people's culture. Well, I think the language is a big one. You know, like if you're if you're if you're a player from South America. Right, you're playing in Chile, Argentina, Paraguay. You know, one of those one of those uh, countries. You get an offer from the MLS. You get an offer from Liga Mekis. You know what I mean? You're you're weighing both options. Um, one thing that you are going to get in both both countries is uh, a little bit less intense, as, and and as far as like you're able to walk around and and live your life, and you're not going to be you know you know, being uh, threatened and stuff. You know, I think that was one of the things that uh, a lot of players from Argentina said, you know, it's like, yeah, in Argentina, it's cutthroat, man. Like, if you if you have a bad game, the fans are going to, like, want to, like, rip your balls off and stuff. But in Mexico, it doesn't live as intensely. You know, it's there's still a lot of passion, but it's not as ridiculously, you know, you know it's not as cutthroat as it is. So I, I think it comes down to, like, if, the, if you are on the fence, you do see all these, you know, kidnappings and all these, uh, you know, robberies and stuff in Mexico, you're probably going to, Look at, at MLS and be like, all right, you know, this I might get paid a little bit less, but at least I'll have security, you know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Ones are paying the same or more. Yeah, it's it's the that's when I see the the gap closing or or shifting. To see, it can. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. Just that the, there's a possibility that it can happen. And that's 
that's when we'll start seeing it when they start competing for for that talent. Because, uh, you know, in, in years past, I've seen how there was players that that would, they were like from South America, they would end up in Mexico because they would get paid more. And these are players that could have gone to lower division teams in Spain. And it was like they, they took, you know, they, they took the money because it's no guarantee. So you could go to, I don't know, like a Logroñez, and then they they trying to buy you cheap or, or you know, they're, they're just, you know, we think Europe, so we automatically think. We automatic, automatically associate with the, with the rich top clubs, but a lot of the middle to lower tire teams, they, they don't have that much money. And so for many years, yeah, they would, they would just try to get these players as cheap as possible. And so, like, in, so Liga MX would give you a guarantee. You would have your good four-year contract. A lot of them took it. Um, Rosa Llega, I remember, was one of them. And I remember a lot of Colombianos were upset. They were like, his career ended. It's, it's similar to, like, Liga MX when Bella went to uh, LA Galaxy. You're saying he, he retired. Uh, yeah. The difference is Rosa Llega was very young. And he still ended up going abroad. So I think... Um, hey, what's a Wigan, I think? I think we might... Yeah, I think we're... we're yeah, EPL. So I do think we're going to start seeing that. I don't know how much further up where they're going to start competing for some of the same top players. That's not going to happen until MLS gets rid of the salary cap, which I don't think that's ever going to happen because that's just how businesses are run in America. Yeah, um, salary so, cap is I wasn't thinking of that. Yeah. But I mean they already took some players like um you know, they taken players like like uh Ridias and I forgot the other dude's name. Well the so difference but the difference is though is like there are sloppy seconds. You know, we've sent, you know, Kuwa, we've sent Jurgen Dam, you know, we've sent Pizarro, we've sent all these players but they went they yeah, but, they, but, but, No, I don't think Pizarro and Rivillas are sloppy seconds, man. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, like, they it's not like they had a choice between, um, like, when they're starting their career or trying to move their career forward. It's not like it was between Mexico and MLS. They they already did their thing in Mexico, and then now they're just trying to get paid out. You know, that's the difference. That's still how MLS is being perceived is you go there to get your big paycheck and maybe retire, but it's not a it's not a stepping stone. It's not a, a place that will catapult you into Europe. At least that's not right as of right now. That's not how it's being perceived as. It's still being looked as a retirement league, and that's not going to change for a while. Yeah, I can dig that. I can agree with that. But yeah, I mean, Drew, that Drew, yes, is he's like not a. I mean, he's a legit dude. There are some legit dudes, but they're few. They're very few of them. And even if they do go, then, you know, well. I mean, look at Celarayan. You know, he, he left Tigres. He ended up winning a championship with Columbus Crew the next season. I mean, it's 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 just so easy to win in the MLS and to, you know, not suck there. And they're getting paid well. So it's – but, you know, I, I think until they, they change something as far as the salary cap goes, I still think that Mexico will always be the more attractive option. And it's like, all right, cool. From there, you get your paycheck MLS, and then you know you you retire or whatever. 
Um, I'm curious to see what happens with Pizarro. You know, he still has a lot of talent. He's in his second year at Miami. I'm sure they're paying him a lot of money and they're, you know, they're not happy with how the team did in that first season. They got rid of, uh, uh, what was the, the coach from, uh, uh, um, Monterrey, right? Alonso something. They got rid of him after the first season. So I don't know. Yeah. This oh, gap. You're, uh, wait, you're, do we're talking about Miami. Yeah. With Pizarro. That's the coach. That was Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. They got rid of him. But Kansas City, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the coach was. I don't but know. Talk that Puli will be called up to the national team. So that's one of the rumors. Um, true if big, you know. Well, it's interesting because right now, I don't think any MLS player should be called up, and it's just for the fact of just not being active. You know, I mean, we have Vela, mm-hmm. we have Chicharo, we have Pulido. But they're not playing soccer right now, so why would we call them up? I, that's just a rumor that's going on. I don't know if it's maybe pulido pain. You know, because you could do that. You could, you could. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Pulido just uh, turned thirty, and everybody wished him a happy birthday except for Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up, man. Someone dropped the ball there. Uh, you know, but yeah, that's. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's um, this whole gap situation on the club side is one thing, and you know that's that's still we're still waiting for that to close or for that to actually happen. Um, and I don't know if we want to go into this yet, but the on the on the national team side, that's another thing. Like I'm not I'm not fearing or anything. But uh, I'm, I might. I'm, I'm thinking. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some pretty bad defeats for the Mexican national team. Ah, oh, come on, versus, man! Versus the U.S. in the don't, near future. Don't buy into that bullshit. <laughs> you know, I woke up this morning, as did everyone else, and went on Twitter. And FIFA, out of all Twitter handles, FIFA did just chose violence this morning, saying, "All right, let's settle this." You know, who has the better talent right now, USA or Mexico? And you know, I should have. I, I took the bait. You know, I was like, you know what? It's been 2013 was the last time in the men's national team, uh, the U.S. men's national team, beat us in an actual official competitive match, not a friendly, but an actual competitive, you know, World Cup qualifying match. It's been it's been almost eight years, guys. And, you know, there's been players that have came and went from the national team, all these talented players. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we hear it every single time, man. Every single cycle, we always hear about, oh, yeah, well, watch out for the U.S., watch out for the U.S., watch out for the U.S., watch out for the U.S. It's like, yo, man, I'm not even worried about them right now. You know, qualify to a World Cup first because you guys need to f- focus on that. That should be your priority, not this Mexico-USA debate, man. You all need to worry about y- yourselves, man. Don't doesn't matter who's in Europe, doesn't matter who's playing for Barcelona, Juventus, or you know, all these big clubs. If you can do it on the national team in a in a competitive match, all right, then we can then we can go and, and, and talk about who's better. But right now, it's all speculation. It's all FIFA twenty one. Yeah, but, okay, so like before before you know Mexico or the US Mexico would beat the US. and then the US got the two zero. And then the U.S. got a bunch of other two zeros with MLS-based teams. And Mexico, of course, was Mexico. 
then the U.S. started exporting to like these second tier teams in Europe, and 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 when they played, a lot of times the U.S. had more European pl- uh, playing. Wait, wait, yeah, take this. Chicky, I need to remind you something. All right, all right, go ahead. Chicky, bro, um, <laughs> this is what happened. FMF signed a contract with Soccer United Marketing, and and so that contract was for that company to pretty much organize Mexico's friendlies in the U.S. So before that, Mexico pretty much always just played in Los Angeles. There's just the Coliseum, which is known as Azteca del Norte. <laughs> every now and then they every now and then they played in some other stadium, but it was pretty rare. Uh, it was mostly that's where that was their two goal plays. Um, but but around that time, you know, with the whole something, it changed, and that's when you started seeing these Mexico tours and Mexico playing and all these venues and, and just playing all over the U.S. Uh, so part of that deal, you know, that Mexico play in the U.S. was uh, most of the time some would organize stuff. Some was organizing the games, and I think they had I, – I know the contract has changed throughout the years, but at one point I think they, they were in charge of bringing in the, the, um, the rivals. And and but I think part, big part of that contract was a game against the U.S. and it was mostly held around the same time. I think it was in February or something like that. So there was this one big thing that would happen in I think it was in January. The U.S. would always host a January camp. Pretty much always they would host, and they would have like thirty or forty players, and they would just be doing camp. And that was a big thing for them. So, so for them, beating Mexico was a big thing, man. They weren't seeing it as an amistoso. Yeah, and they were taking it serious. Times, but a lot of times, by the time they went to that game, these dudes were pumped and fired up, man. And they had been studying Max. And they had trained, you know, set their vitamins. And, um, no, it was a train, take your vitamins and say your prayers. Um so, and, and you know, Mex was the opposite. They were just doing the compromiso and they'll call it up two weeks or a week before, you know, and then just show up and play. And a lot of times, you know, the Liguilla was going on, or not the Liguilla, but the league. But um, that, that was a bit of a turning point where they were beating Mex. And I remember a lot of fans was like, ah, well, it doesn't count. It's just a friendly but you know, they slowly started getting Mexico's number that way, and before you know it, they're, they're beating Mexico at the World Cup, and they're they ended up with this what was it? Uh, you know, the Columbus that very long undefeated streak. You know, that it was where the Dos Aceros started, and so that that played a big part into it. Um, the whole. The whole deal with some and playing Max, uh, playing the U.S. and not taking it serious. Actually, the, dos acero, the first Dos Acero happened in 1991 in Los Angeles in a Gold Cup semifinal. Oh, shit. Yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, and you know who was the coach? Uh, for U.S. or for Mexico? 
No, for Mexico it was La Puente. Huh. If I'm not mistaken, it was Bora. Bora Milutinovich. Oh, that was the United States' first title. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was Bellivor. And uh, it was like the, the Gold Cup had just been kicked off. Um, the, the Gold Cup had been restarted, and the U.S. was going to be hosting the World Cup. So they brought in Bora. Yeah, so... so... Well, he was the first one, but but the but the Columbus for qualifiers, that's yeah, where that's, they started the whole Dososero thing. That's where the chant was born, and well, I guess the World Cup is re- really the World Cup. We're in really no, like you know, you know, it and then... I know it, it. It seems I went off topic and all, but I know because you were saying how the U.S. would have more European-based players, but I think a, a bigger part it wasn't just having it wasn't because of that. It was more of like how they took the games and just how they took it more serious and how they knew that that was the team to beat. They saw like, you know, like, I, I think they say, I think this is the same for jail. Look, look, go and beat up the biggest guy, you know, sort of assert your <laughs> dominance. And that was it. They knew that Max was the biggest dude in the region and that they wanted to, you know, to dominate or, or, or be one of the best teams that, that's who they had to beat. So I think that was a big part of, like, the, you know, the, their mentality in Mexico was sort of the opposite, where they always sort of saw, they kind of looked down at the U.S. Yeah, and it, it, there was, it was even, like, heated back in the day. Like, I remember Sage and Alexi Lalas, we see the picture of him getting kicked in the in the nads and all that stuff. And, yeah, and then, it uh, was Bora. I just double-checked, and he did win the Gold Cup in 91. Yeah, so so basically, like everyone's um, like put so much importance on the Europeans, and so U.S. had all these scrubs in Europe, and uh, and they were you know they're getting results, and then Mexico La Puente, or uh, La Volpe started moving people over to Europe. Um, oh, but right it now, wasn't him, Chiquis, come on, come on. Well, during it wasn't him; it was during his era. It was okay, during yeah, his time, I, I, I do like that. during the confederations, he, the, Mexico got on the map in the confederations, and and people started paying attention to Guardado and all those guys. Anyway, so he, so now, the U.S. has actually quality players. This is the whole difference. They have now quality players on quality clubs in Europe, and Mexico um, slightly does, but maybe not to the same level. And so now I think if they can put it, we haven't seen them put it together like Jaime was saying, put it together in a national team and see, and, you know, do it there and then prove yourself. Um, I think they might eventually do that. So on paper, you know, they're set to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it remains to be seen. Oh yeah, man. If you, if you just put this lineup in FIFA 21 and you hit simulate, USA is going to win, you know, but that's, the, that's the beauty about football and, and real life. It's like, just because you do have players, you know, at these big clubs and oh, all of a sudden you guys think, you know, you claim yourselves to be the champs and you guys haven't even played yet. It's like, yo, you can't just do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not that easy. But, but you know, I'm, I'm going to say this about the whole FIFA and that's the whole being Eurocentric. And that's one thing that I read a lot in the Twitter. And I, I, I 
jumped in there, man. I left some post and, and nobody wanted none of me. I was, I was, I was, I was waiting. I was like, bring it, but uh, nobody wanted to fight, man. I was like, oh, but there is, there is this whole just because you're over there, you're better. And it's like, no, not really. I mean, it is. It does say that that you're a good player. Obviously, of course, I'm not knocking on that, but it doesn't make you automatically better. You know, so like, I could use. You know, like Maradona, for example, when he was when he was a youth with 18, 19, he's playing Argentinos juniors. And you could have an 18, 19-year-old in Bayern or Real, and people would have said, oh, this guy is better because, look, he's starting for Bayern. This Maradona's kid is just in that league, in that small team. He's not that good, you know? And it's it's sort of like that. So you <clears throat> just being there doesn't. I mean, look at what happened to that kid. Remember from, um, what was it? Julian Green? Yeah, you yeah. read my mind. You, it's like, oh, get he was a scrub, there. though, man. Get, get, get out of there. He was a scrub. No, but he was, he was starting for them. He had played Champions League. No, he wasn't. League. I don't think he, yeah, I don't he, think he was. he had started either. games. He had played Champions League games. For I think he was in the youth. Man, let me check that out. I think he was in the youth more, more so than... No, nah, but there was... Oh, there was so much hype about that kid, you know. Yeah, he scored there's more hype. He scored the golazo in. Uh, that was fortunate, man. Was that was the game was already over. The game it was, I think, it was the game was already <laughs> it's over. Still golazo, man. Yeah, he uh, his career right now is he's playing for yeah. uh, I think like a second division team or something. Yeah, he was in Baron too. Yeah, he had 50, 51 appearances for Baron two, and then he was Baron Munich, like the, the the. But he never appeared for that team, and then he went to Hamburg on loan, Stuttgart played ten games, one goal, and then on loan to Gruther Fourth. During the Klinsmann <laughs> era, he he was infatuated with capping, you know, German American players, so. Yeah, yeah and he, it got to the point where they said that if you were in the locker room. You didn't really hurt, like English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was he was U sixteen German U sixteen U seventeen. Then he went to the United States U eighteen Germany U nineteen. And then he switched over. He was like, okay, I'm not going to make anything in Germany. <laughs> I'm going to the U S. And even with the U S., you know, he he wasn't all I that. But the thing, this dude playing Champions League. Maybe he's on the bench because he didn't have any appearances for Bayern. And then, um, and then Pulisic comes along. Now he's like a, a more legit prospect than uh, than Green. And even in the times where he played um, for uh, against Mexico, there were flashes of like he was juking Mexicans left and right, but he never like finished anything. He never he he was a threat, but nothing came about yep. from his from his play. So I think he still can be a threat. And with these other guys alongside him. Um, well, I think that's the that's the difference now is like now I guess they have some some you know supporting cast or whatever they have more players yeah. that can that can help you know get it together but the fact of the matter is yeah. it's like until these two teams you know duke it out it's it's all the fanboys trying to like you know oh it's because we got Dest playing for Barcelona and this kid at Juventus and this kid at Chelsea. Okay, look, I, 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 I just checked. He did play a, 
he did play a Champions League match for them. Uh, he replaced Arjen Robben. No, no, wait, wait. He came in the 88th minute in the Champions League match as a sub. Oh, yeah. And then he was in the squad for the FIFA World Cup. I don't know if he played there, though. Um, Club World Cup. Oh, because Arjun Robin got injured. He was, and then he, he got on the squad for the FIFA yeah. World Cup. Club yeah, World Cup. I think that's the only game he played, the Champions League game. So I don't okay. think he was able to break into their first team. Yeah, but I remember like him starting for the Champions League game, and I was like, damn, okay. They must be rating him highly, but I guess not. Um, I guess he wasn't able to cut it. Yeah, and then he got loaned out, and that was that. Yeah, uh, but as far as the poll, like initially, like uh, um, the U.S. was winning, like uh, on the, on as far as the votes. Um, but now the fi- the final poll, um, Mexico's got like sixty percent, sixty percent. So they won the poll. You just needed the Mexicans in Mexico to come in, you know, during the fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it took a while because I think uh, the U.S. Twitter um, retweeted first. And then after like forty minutes, Mexico Twitter did did its thing. So it took a little while. I got yeah, a question no. for you guys. Um, uh, would you guys consider Funes Mori Mexican? Would you call him up for the national team? No. Nah. I I would have to see how he is. Um, you know, because if if he's one of those, if he like likes the country where he. He's going to stay to live there. Uh, probably his kids were born there. Because I know a lot of players, when they're going to have a kid, they fly back to their country. Uh, so if, if if he had some of his kids born there, then, yeah, I would. I would. They're, they, you know, I, I think they they already see themselves living in the country. And so, yeah, I would. If they get nationalized. I mean, yeah. it's uh, Gignac and it's Funes Mori as far as the top strikers in Liga Mekis, like in recent times. So, yeah, no, I, I understand the whole mercenary stuff, and that's mostly with players that are like, maybe they just arrived, but this guy's been there a bit, and and I but would have is, to see. Like, this is not another Guille Franco, you know, situation. This guy is a proven goal scorer, and it would be a luxury no, to he, have him. Yeah. Guille Franco stayed in Max, though. His son yeah, in uh, Cruz Azul. Wait, his, his, no, no, that's Jimenez. No, I'm talking about, like, talent-wise. I'm not talking about, like, how long the their tenure in Mexico was. I'm talking about goal well, he, scoring. He, he, is good. he was good. Eh. Um, the, he was good with Monterrey <laughs> for a little bit, but then after that. No, but this is my deal with it, the whole thing, and I've said did this. Did he stay, back. though? Wait, did he? Namachek. Go on, Chiquis. I've stated this about... Uh, naturalizados from when when Guilla Franca was the controversy. The national, the Mexican national team is supposed to be a representation <laughs> of the youth system of Mexican soccer, starting from the youth system and development all the way to the senior national team. So the players on the Mexican national team should be. Born in Mexico and grown up developing in Mexico. Part of the process. Youth, the whole pro, the whole process. It should be like a Mexican product, I understand. not an Argentinian product with a wrapper 
of Mexico on top of it. That, oh, you know, they were developed. They were developed in Argentina. Rapper. They went to the Argentina yeah. youth. It's like if you get a can of uh, of uh, corn or something, and you take off the generic <laughs> oh brand God. wrapper, <laughs> and you put on a different wrapper. Well, it's like it's like uh, you know, it's like uh, what's like for a prime example, like cerveza, right? It's all supposedly from Mexico, but it's all like bottled here and stuff. And then you know, what I mean, so it's like, are yeah. you really Mexican? No, you're not. You're not part of that. Like you mentioned, he's not. He's not part of that process. He's, in fact, he was part of Argentina's process. You know, he played for the uh, for the under twenties in uh, 2011. You know what I mean? But the the fact of the matter is, you cannot ignore. Number one, he's a very good goal scorer. Number two, you know, uh, talking about Guillermo Franco. Guillermo Franco only scored 60 goals for Monterrey. Funes Mori has a hundred for uh, for Monterrey. You know what I mean? Like he scored a lot of goals. We don't really have a player uh, of his caliber, man. Like as far as striker goes, who, right now Raul's out of commission. Chicharito. I mean, I don't even want to talk about Chicharito. We don't really have like Macias is you know obviously uh, the next in kin, but it, it would not hurt to have Funes Mori. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. I agree. But see, I don't care. I'd rather Mexico lose. <laughs> because they don't have because because this goes back to like like even when Mexico almost didn't make the World Cup, I was almost like, I hope, I wish that they wouldn't have because maybe the something would the change. Federation yeah. would would make some changes. They would un, they would look at themselves and say, okay, we're doing something wrong. Let's totally reconstruct this and change this and, and make some improvements instead of just going after the money. And this is just sort of like a band aid fix. Like we're not developing Mexican strikers. So let's just, you know, let's just find this loophole and naturalize this Argentinian guy to come in here and play. And I do, but I do have sympathy. Like I have sympathy for, for Zinia, you know, his love for Mexico and his, you know, the way yeah, he played, his passion for the club. He, he's, I was, he's, I was happy for that dude. I was glad that dude was on a national team. Um, he didn't seem like a merc. I wasn't totally happy because he wasn't a product of Mexico, but, you know, he seemed like a, a cool dude, so. There's exceptions, I guess. It's not perfect, but my perfect scenario would be Mexican developed talent on the national team. Interesting. Yeah, oh, so Guillermo Franco's still in Max. He works in Monterrey. He works for a university. He's like uh he's like in their football department. He's not the coach, but he's like uh he's like a general manager or something like that. I just. So I mean, uh, yeah. What happened? For me, I'm just saying for for some of these players that get nationalized. For me, if after they retire, they're still in the country, then you know that they do have love for the country because a lot of them made enough they could have gone back to their homeland and and set up shop and and just live there comfortable comfortably. Um, so for them to have stayed, you know, I I think it speaks a lot. We're we're like uh, we're in 2021 World Cups next year. I can understand how this might be perceived. Like, hey, hurry up and get my papers. I might have a shot of going to a World Cup. You know, in my career, I just got to play for Mexico. You know, I understand how that can look like. But he's been in the country since 2015. <laughs> he scored 100 goals for Rayados. We're we just happen to be in a position where we could use a little bit more firepower. 
for me, it's like, hey, man, if he's willing to put on the jersey and score goals for Mexico, I'm all for it, dude. I don't, I don't care. I really don't care, man. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I like I said, I, some of these dudes, they're legit, they're legit, not, you know, to be tagged as mercenaries. I don't, I don't think, I think a lot of them end up having, uh, you know, just just linking up to Mexico and and that's that's their life now, like their new life. They even bring their family, you know, to live with them. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We'll have to keep tabs on that story as it starts to grow and as we get closer to some some national team football, there will be friendlies at the end of the month for Mexico. They'll be playing in Austria. Uh one game I know is against Costa Rica. I, I forget the other I think the other one's against Wales, so uh, still no list. Still have no idea who's going to be going to those matches, but uh, we'll we'll be covering that as that story develops. Kind of going back to Liga Mekis. So we were talking about Atlas winning three one against San Luis. That was on Tuesday. Tigres lost to Toluca one zero. Puebla beat León. Man, León just doing a really bad job, and. Uh, Ormeño, you know, we were talking about Ormeño, how he came in, scored the penalty, and then uh, you know Puebla ended up winning it in over in in the last stoppage time. Uh, Rayados beat Juarez six one. It was quite a beatdown. Not so, uh, not doing so well over there at Tena. Uh, Juarez has lost four of their last five matches, and when you lose six one. I don't know, man. Your your job's in the hot seat. I wanted to talk about Chivas for a little bit because they had their game on Wednesday against Querétaro. They were on the road, and they were losing 2-1, and it took a last-ditch effort by Miguel Ponce <laughs> to give us the draw. We should have lost that match. And then on Saturday, we played against Mazatlan, again on the road, third game in, in a week. I understand the fatigue. I understand the rotations and all that. Uh, but again, another very, very terrible match for Chivas. 1-1 uh, draw. And we are heading into the Super Clásico this weekend on Sunday at 7 p.m. And Chivas have drawn four out of the last five matches. Meanwhile, America has won all but one match in the last five. So what, what do you think about this matchup, man? Wait, was that one match he didn't win against Atlas? <clears throat> uh, that's actually a good question. <laughs> uh, let's see. America lost to... Yeah, that was. <laughs> so technically, it'd be five out of five. Wow. Impressive, man. Here I am, you know, preaching gloom and doom for them and their... They're winning. Maybe I should do the opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, man. I, I, I think. Um, I, I think I'm is kind of where they're supposed to be, man. They've been one of the stronger sides for a while now, so not not surprised at their good form. 
they have a, a good squad. I, I just think Chivas, I think the media blew a lot of smoke up people's ass. Uh, you know, this whole Super Chivas or Chivas Galacticas or whatever they were calling them. And they were making the team to be the super team. But in reality, they were just a competitive team. And I feel that they're still where they should be, given how deep that squad is. It's not that very deep as far as talent and whatnot. And it's, there's still a team that's still bouncing back from three years of, of, of failure. So I, I'm not... I understand the disappointment from fans, but I'm not... Um, you know, they've been clawing, clawing their way there to get results, which is a, an improvement over the past seasons where they scored on them, they had a tough time fighting back. And so at least what we're seeing now is this team is, is you know, fighting till the last second to get those results, and they're getting them. And uh, I, you know what they say, Clásicos uh, results and all that are out the window. But I think Chivas should feel confident going up against America because they've beaten them, you know, not just Copa for Mexico, but in Liguilla. Uh, so Ame should be hungry for that, for that uh, revenge. Uh, and it should be a very good match. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I've kind of like really taken a look at the numbers, looking at this team. And I understand that it, uh, the the output, not the output, but the the outcome is is kind of ugly right now. It's 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 a lot of matches that have been frustrating, but it's not because of of Chivas is not trying. You know, what I mean, they're trying. You know, they are fighting to the end. They want to win games. It's it's not. It's about the opposition that they're playing and. Just the, the matchups. You know, I was looking at the matches that have Chios have played so far. And some of the worst performances that we've seen from them. You know, the loss against San Luis. The loss against Suarez. Which were back-to-back. And then this last game against Mazatlan that was very tough to watch. In all those three matches, uh, Chios had the most possession like out of all their matches. They had 60% possession against Atletico San Luis. They had 69% possession against Suarez. And uh, I believe against Mazatlan, it was around 64, 65. They had the ball most of the game. The problem is they're conceding first, you know, in the in the last, uh, basically every game this season, they've conceded goals. And they just don't know, how, like the team sit back and they defend for their life for the rest of the match. And Chivas, you know, have to really like struggle to get goals. And then when I think about the game that they had the best performance was against Leon. And they they didn't have much of the ball. In fact, that was the only game this season where they did not have majority of possession. They only had 39% possession against Leon, and they killed them 3-1. So, you know, going, uh, looking forward to, like, these matches coming up. You know, you have the big game against America. Uh, then you have some really tough matches, you know, Tigres. You have, you have a lot of matches up ahead that are not going to be easy. But I actually feel excited for that because you're finally going to be playing against teams that are aggressive, that are offensive. And Chios will be very good against those teams because of how fast they are on the counterattack. And I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that Vucetic will align themselves for, for the kill, you know. 
And 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 the reason I have hope is because of how he was able to to beat America in Liga, and and the matter of why they did it. I I think that um, Chivas still have this. This is the turning point of the season. If they can get a a, a very good victory against America, I think that will be fine, and we'll head into Liga and be competitive. Yeah, I I think you know going off of what you said, I, to me, I, I always felt. Buse has built the team for these type of matches, and um, and specifically for for once you get into Liguilla to to get one of these big results. Uh, I don't think he's too worried about going up against a Mazatlan and then murdering them. I think he's been very like methodical in in just having the team keep playing a certain way. And uh, I guess we'll see if it gets results again, because I do feel, it, it, you know, it worked for him last season, and we'll see if it works again this season. But I think uh, he got over that hump, you know, that, that start of the season was pretty brutal. The media, the fans were already, had already given up on the team. Yeah. And uh but but I'm but you know like like I said we're seeing positives here um you know they've been scoring they've been pretty much scoring every game. Oh yeah. And that's something where Chivas was struggling for a long time. Uh just just to put goals in back of the net. Uh and so that's good. Yeah. They're scoring and not not just the strikers you you know you have some of the yeah, we got like Mayorga's got two goals. Ponte has a goal or two. Like we're getting goals from our our wing backs. Yeah, and uh, very good observation there as far as the goal, scoring yeah. goals. That's actually we're we're the highest scoring team uh, outside of Toluca. Toluca has sixteen goals. Chivas have fifteen, and uh, Cruz Azul has fifteen. So we're we're tied in second place for most goals scored. Yeah, and fortunately, like you said, it's the defense is. Just lacking, man. <laughs> it's not. It hasn't been that good. Yeah. There's been some some mistakes where it's pretty like kind of boneheaded, and so I mm-hmm. think if they manage to patch that up, then we're gonna be looking at a much tougher side. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe in that whole defense wins championships. So I think uh, there's a lot of work there. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta take take the the positives from all this scoring goals. That's that's a good habit to get into. Uh, two of the goals that we conceded were own goals, so technically we have seventeen goals. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, Boyo and, and my CS both scoring goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you know, I like that attitude that the team doesn't give up. Like, they could be losing, they could be playing like shit, but they they're not giving up. You know. And that's to me that's a big positive there. Where in previous seasons it just seems like you know, ah, it's another L or whatever. It it just seemed like the team was not yeah that card wasn't in it. Yeah, and as of right now, we're in ninth, you know, um it's a it's a you you, you still wanna qualify to the uh, in the original top eight positions, you know, you don't wanna get into Liga because of the expansion, you know, because of the 
the new rules and stuff. But at this point, I'll take whatever, you know. The important thing is getting into Ligia. That's all that matters. That is all that matters. Once you are in, that's a completely different ball game. I'm actually glad that they're getting these, you know, terrible performances out of the way right now. Do it now. Do it early. Do it when the season really it's not that big of a deal. That way you can you can start to like fix these mistakes and and, and Ligia if if you haven't seen it from, you know, other other tournaments, it's all about timing, man. You go into Ligia and, and you're on a good streak, you're going to win the league. Like, it's really that easy. You can go into Ligia as the top team, uh, you know, first position, only lost one game, whatever, and then you get knocked out by the 12th seed. You know, it happens. It happens because it's it's a different ball game at that point. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what, what happens, man, with this big... Let's hope the whole Piojo thing distracted the the Aguilas. They were <laughs> they were they seem unified though. They a lot of these guys backed Gio, including Ochoa and whatnot. I saw that. I think that's I think that was a big reason Piojo apologized, in my opinion. But um, I I think yeah I, I you know I think just going off of results and whatnot. Um, it should be going in as favorites. Uh, I just wouldn't discount Chivas because they already they already laid the smackdown on twice. So, but I, I like that the, the etiqueta, the favorite, should be on them. You know, let the pressure be on on America. I I think Chivas will rise to the occasion. They're at home. They're going to have fans, uh, limited capacity, but they will be having fans in the in the in the crowd. And and I, I do think that like this is the exact kind of adversary they need to face after these you know pretty pretty mediocre results. I think this will will spark the fire that should carry them for the rest of the season. Um, it could also be a pretty ugly. It could be a beat. It's gonna go one of two ways, man. It's gonna be a beatdown, <laughs> or or it's gonna be a pretty entertaining match. You know, it's, it, that's the only two outcomes I see happening on Sunday, man. <laughs> yeah, so they'll have America. They'll have uh, yeah. they'll have Monterrey after that. Yep. Santos, yeah. Cruz yeah. Azul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got some, they got some t- tough ones coming Very up. uphill battle. And then we got uphill battle right there. We, we have uh, yeah to close the season. It's uh, we got Tigres, man. You know, it's it's gonna be tough, man. Yeah. Oof. God damn. Let's talk about Pumas. Okay. Uh, after we beat oh, them two one, uh, they bounced back <laughs> and they uh, they won. They beat Santos one zero, and then they went oh, back. There you go. They went back to the misfortune of losing against Cruz Azul on on Sunday, one zero. Uh, Cheekies, man, what's going on over there? Uh, I think that was a, that was sort of a good. Uh, a good game. They um, they seemed to play okay. They had it zero zero until L- towards the end of the game. Was it that match? Liliane wanted to criticize the officiating, but he said, "I'm not going to say anything because I could get fined." Yeah, I think there was a uh, controversial was call or what? Controversial, controversial. Uh, 
it was a handball or something that actually resulted to the uh, to the penalty. Interesting to the, to the game-winning penalty um, that probably shouldn't have happened. So zero-zero uh, probably was the the just result, and uh, and yeah, so it wasn't too bad of a you know this graceful loss for Pumas, but uh, yeah, that's that's how it goes sometimes. <clears throat> Well, I mean, you guys have the uh, the last laugh because, you know, you guys beat them in a, one of the most, you know, <laughs> satisfying come-from-behind victories, you know, last season to go to the final against Leon. So I'm sure, like, yeah, they might have won the battle, but you guys you guys still own them, you know. Yeah, it's, it's easier when, um, when it's like the high-pressure clutch situation. Against the non-clutch team in Cruz Azul, <laughs> you can almost expect them to implode and and fail at the end. But for Pumas, coming up, they uh they have Juarez, San Luis, Pachuca, Necaxa. So, uh, so three teams, yes, three teams that are okay. Uh, Pachuca might be a little tough, and then they got Tigres after that. So, you know, you know, for Cruz Azul, and and. They ha- they haven't been getting much praise, but they're this is that was their eighth win in a row. What? So basically they yeah. They after losing to Puebla they just took off, man. And so they, they strung eight eight wins. Oh wow, you're not kidding. Yeah. They had um they, they started the season with two defeats. Santos Puebla Santos and Puebla. And then they just win after win after win. And so um, they got, who do they have next? They play Monterrey, so that should be Ooh, a really good game. Should be a good match. That should be, yeah, that could be a, one of the other matches. Or even the match of the week, you know, <laughs> if if I'm in and, and Chivas turns into a snore fest. Um, I doubt that will happen. I think... No, I think Chivas America is, uh, again, you know, you talked about it, you know, Chivas are scoring goals and America's in, they are. in you know, hot form. Yeah, but, so. but remember like under Tena, the Copa for Mexico, and it was like a 4-3, yeah. goal thriller. And then when they met again, people were expecting these the same. high highs. And it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. And it wasn't. And so I think it's it's more of that, dude. I know. I know we'll say, and, and it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, let's, let's. He's more interested in the point. I'll take the point if I can, especially with that big, high, you know, that that block of games coming up. <clears throat> so, if if I need to whoop Ame, I'll do it in the Liga, <laughs> and I know that that's that'll be his his his, you know, train of thought. But wow, man, Cruz Azul! I, I, I didn't know what to expect of them this season with all the changes that happened at the club. You know, we saw the, the very corrupt Billy Alvarez regime get finally ousted, more because I think they're being um, investigated for fraud. So, and that's what it took. Um, and so the new, the new management that went in there to clean to clean up the sort of clean house um 
and the team is is I don't know. I, I'm guessing. I, I would like to say because <laughs> some fans are excited, but we've seen this before. I don't think they're going to be excited until uh, Cruz Azul is, you know, lifting the, the Liguilla MX championship. Oh, yeah, man. This is like... And, and, they, and they get you every time. You know, if I was a Cruz Azul <laughs> fan, I'd be like, no, this is for sure the good one. This is the good Esta la buena. Esta la buena, you know? Eight games in a row. Let's go. But... <laughs> you just you just never know with Cruz Azul, and uh, again uh, talk about timing. You know Cruz Azul having a crazy crazy run right now, but what good is it if you know there's still seven matches to go? What good is it if you crash and burn the next you know five games and then you 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 kind of like you get into Liguilla, but then you get knocked down the first. You know what I mean? It's like what good is an eight game winning streak if it's not at the end of the season? Is is what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think, I think it's promising. If anything, just because uh, new directiva and and it's like club sort of purging some of the sickness it had, that internal, you, you know, like there was corruption not just uh, from the owners, but the way they would manage the club. I forgot who it was that said. We said it here, and I just I forget now. I'm getting old, Jaime forget stuff but but this one was the interesting interesting stat that he said that in what was it like 10 years Cruz Azul had over a hundred players they had purchased who had not uh, even fulfilled their contract damn so man you know that was the big you know they were just being used and that's that's a way of money laundering yeah, yeah, so they'll bring in players and some of them probably wouldn't even, even suit up. <laughs> They're just vacation in Mex. <laughs> they bring some rando Ecuadorian and just leave them in some resort somewhere. Yeah. Just tell the media he's injured. <laughs> they, they for, they'll forget about him. There was actually a player that uh, managed to go an entire professional career without uh, ever playing a game. And he just like faked his injury every time. I, there's like a story about it. It's like very interesting, but he like somehow kept getting Is it a Brazilian guy. I, I, I think so. Or like he just kept like getting signed by teams. He a, yeah. He had like a short career, but he, he would, <clears throat> he would do that. He would get signed by teams and then fake injuries. I forget his name, man, but I, 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 I wrote about him. I don't know how. I don't think his career was that long, though. But he managed to. He did it like you know, a few times. Like, we're talking about, like. Dude, I want to say he did, like, at least, like, three or four clubs before they caught on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, after a while, they look at your curriculum and it's, like, no playing time. So there is a makeup match uh, tomorrow, Rayados and Leon. This was supposed to take place uh, match week three, but you know, Rayados had uh, seventeen players with COVID, so it's been rescheduled for tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, you know, 
looking at this matchup now is not as exciting as it would have been in match week three because Leon is having a tough time. I mean, they're in 16th position. They've only had one victory in the last five matches. The rest have been defeats. So the there will be a new new champion this this season. I, I, there's no way Leon end up defending their title, man. I just don't see it. I think they can bounce back. I don't know if they'll be champions just because I think well, I agree in part with you, it doesn't seem they have that hunger. Yeah. You know, their 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 hunger's been satiated. The last seasons they they just you know, they had already reached the final when they lost. And then this other one and a couple of records of like fourteen games without losing or I think fourteen straight wins. I don't remember, but yeah, they, they I think they probably got too comfortable at this point. Yeah, they're taking it all, taking the season off, I guess. Uh, there was uh, one small victory yesterday for Pachuca. Finally, they've they uh, after eleven matches, they they finally got their first victory, and it was against Tijuana. So. They are now not the last place team. They're in 17th position with seven points. And the Gaxa are now the worst team in the league. You know, it was interesting. Uh, I was reading that Chivas still owe Necaxa money. <laughs> Which is not good, man. I'm starting to hear that a lot about Chivas owing money to teams. Uh, they also owe Man City uh, for Antuna. Man, it's a pay-as-you-go plan. We broke, boys, man. This is not good. No, I, you know, I, I don't think Chivas is that broke, but I do think the whole COVID thing messed things up. Yeah. You know, not not being able to to do some amistosos. They could get have done a U.S. tour and uh, pay some friendlies over here, and that would have... Mm put some money in the coffers and just not being able to do that playing in empty stadiums. So I think that's hurt them. So yeah, they need, they need to chill a bit. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is troublesome. You know, when you hear that though, you know, cause we went through that sort of era with the promotores, you know, where they had a 10 year plan and after the 10th year, they were still the team was still broke, man. So it's like <laughs> I'm kind of it's it's just a red flag, you know. You don't want to have a scandal. So uh, hopefully, it just baffles me. You know, you're, you're the biggest club in Mexico, and and you don't you, you have IOUs on players, man. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that was that was one thing that. When when Chivas was selling some of these other players, I think it was a similar thing where I think they had never fully paid for them. And so I, I know that was a big reason they had to sell Pizarro. Like they didn't completely own his his um, transfer, and I think Pachuca was just pushing for it. Interesting. And, you know, chip you know, up, man. Yeah. And I mean... How was the team going to have money with all the stuff going on? And uh, 
and no TV, no TV deal. That was the big one right there. I kept telling Chi Hermanos, I kept saying, hey man, the biggest moneymaker for Chivas right now, it's, it's those TV deals and the sponsorship deals that come with it. Because if you have a, so for example, like in Mexico, when they were in open air, a Chiba games would draw in 11 million. So 11 million viewers. Wow. So that means, so that means if you're, that's your rating. If you're going to put, if you're going to put whatever um, sponsor in the front of the jersey, it's going to, it's going to, you could charge more because 11 million people are going to be seeing that sponsorship. Yeah. Every time Chivas plays. And, but then all of a sudden Chivas is no longer on open air TV. They're on Chivas TV, which is like a million or I forgot how much it was. Massive drop off. And that's when they lost their biggest, you know, around that time they lost what was their biggest. They had already lost it though. Or, or I think it was in their last year, but it was Bimbo, and Bimbo had been the last sponsor to pay top dollar, and they haven't found anyone at this point to pay like massive amount of money. But it's not just the jersey; it's also the billboards, you know, that you put in the in the stadium. Yeah. So when you're playing, it's on TV, and you see the ads lined up around the stadium. Um, that's also tied to TV. How many people are watching you? And so when Chivas was like in, what were they like in five different stations in Mexico? That's that that just doesn't work like that, you know. It's not eleven million people watching you now. It's all broken up, and so they don't. That that has cost Chivas money. Um, so I don't know where they're at with with the whole TV in Mex situation. I think they're uh, Claro, right, in Mexico. They have a deal with them. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah, but here we have them on Telemundo, and I believe that's where the match will be on Sunday, seven p.m. Be there, be square. But yeah, that's that's uh, Jornada 9 and Jornada 10. We have Jornada 11 coming up. Uh, like I said, we have that ma- makeup game tomorrow, Monterrey León. But the rest of the matches will be starting on Friday. A well-deserved rest for all these clubs that had basically three matches in one week. You know, so while everybody was on Twitter complaining about, you know, all the subs that Vucetich was was making, it's like, yo, man, these fools played... Literally, like, three games in a week. Like, come on, man. You know? Yeah, and then the... Yeah, that's the thing with the doble, crazy doble jornadas and whatnot. But apparently everybody's an expert, you know? Everyone's a couch, coach, couch. <laughs> couch, coach, whatever. I believe that's all we had for tonight. Do you guys have any... Any other closing thoughts? Ah, uh, Piojo did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think he got. I don't think he was being malicious. I think he he just got caught up. He's 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 got this vulgar way of being, and 
I think with the whole, what he had said about Gio, he had said it a year ago. Uh, and it was not because he went out and said it, it was because they, he was asked. And the same, he got asked the exact same question. What was it last week? And he said the same thing, you know? And so I think, I think that, I think just maybe this time the timing was wrong and it blew up in his face. But I think it's, that's always been, you know, his, his downfall, like his mouth, cashing checks, you know? Uh, I, I don't know how that saying goes, but I think, I think cashing his mouth checks. has... No. Cashing checks, your body can't, or no? No, your mouth can't cash. Uh, yeah, something like that. That was a Top Gun quote, right? I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't remember the oh, Top shame, one. Shame on me top if it's a Top Gun quote and I can't. <clears throat> oh, I it's a... Your mouth is writing checks your ass can't cash. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah okay. that's, that's like... <laughs> Why didn't we... That's when he's chewing up Ma- uh, Maverick and Goose after the uh, the incident uh, at the very start of the movie. Ah, okay. Well, the, but you know that that's sort of like that where he's, you know, his mouth has always gotten him into problems. Uh, but hey, at least he he apologized. You know, I guess he he figured no need to start a grudge. Um, but that's I, that's my take on that. I found the the quote from Top Gun. Stinger tells Maverick, "Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash." Yeah. yeah. Oh, body, Chinkies, you you turned it into something else. <laughs> no, that's what I said. I said body, but I, I didn't know the ego part. Your ego is. Did you yeah. say body? I thought you said ass. No, I, I said, said ass. Yeah. He said oh, okay. <laughs> it was Heimlich. I because go- I just googled. <laughs> I just googled like. Uh, your mouth can't cash, and then you know the first thing I saw was <laughs> it works. Both of them work. That's that's like a different type of movie. <laughs> hey, so my my final take is uh, speaking of like Hoa bringing up Yoho, um taking up all the news and highlights and stuff. Someone who's been quiet, and I guess it's I guess it's sort of normal, but they need to put a mic on the sideline for um, um, for Javier Aguirre. Oh. Like the infamous, oh. the infamous uh, phrases, and even in the interviews, the way he talks is uh, is sort of like really like macho Mexicano. The way, just the mm. way he, the words he uses and everything, it's really fun to listen to. So you, you yeah, we need more. We need more. I get it. Probably we're not getting it here. You know. You know what Probably it is. You're in Mac, you're seeing it, but not here. Yeah. You know yeah. what it is. It's because uh, unfortunately here in in the states, you have to have uh, Fox to watch the Rayados games. And uh, at least for me, I can't find those matches on uh, in, in Spanish, so I have to watch the English broadcast on FS1 and ah. FS2. Yeah. Oh. So we're definitely missing out on... Excelente partido, hijos de puta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Juan's famous. Juan loves that saying. I mean, they made a banner... Oh, yeah, it, it- yeah, they made a banner. <laughs> yeah. When he was over there in uh, uh, what team? In Spain? Celta Vigo or? Uh... I don't know which team, man. But... It's Atletico. He was... Yeah, he was with Atletico Madrid before Simeone. He brought him back to the Champions League promised land. 
Oh, Espanol. Like in 10 years. Espanol. Yeah, the, the banners are uh, Espanol. Yeah. Cool. The other team in Barca. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening in. We were live on YouTube today, but I don't think I had anybody in the chat, so... Um, oh. Yeah, I could have I could have shared it. It's all good in the hood. We have El Super Clásico coming up on Sunday. Make sure to watch that and... Hope everyone has a great night. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Reach out to us. Reach out to us there. Uh, Leave us a voicemail on our landing page on anchor.fm. Hope everyone has a great night.